Doctor Who Season 1 Episode 5, World War 3. JT's about to give us a rundown of the episode, just to help contextualise what we've been chatting about. If you don't need it, skip to about one minute. Thanks. The Slitheen's plans to kill all our heroes by electrocuting them is foiled by the Doctor, who removes his shock device and turns it back on them. After reuniting with Rose and Harriet Jones in the cabinet rooms, the Doctor reconfronts the aliens and learns that they intend to destroy Earth by initiating WW3. The Doctor contacts Mickey and walks him through logging into UNIT in order to hack into the controls of a Royal Navy submarine to fire a missile at 10 Downing Street. Though the plan is dangerous, Harriet Jones, the only elected official, insists they follow through regardless of the danger to themselves. The Sedine are caught in the explosion when the missile hits, but the Doctor, Rose and Harriet all survive the blast. Commence Doctor Whoing. Commence Doctor Whoing. Well, we can start every episode with Commence Doctor Whoing. You can start every episode with that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Newman. I really like Doctor Who. My best mate JT hates it, but he's never even seen it. Maybe if he just watches it, he'd like it. Let's see. Okay, so last week we were left on a cliffhanger. Yep. How did you feel about the resolution of that cliffhanger? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know, it was a bit of shit. Yeah. But, like, I, I'm trying to remember back, like, because it seems really stupid to say, but that was right at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> and, like, a lot, a lot's <laughs> happened since then. But I think at the time I remember thinking, like, why are the Slitheen getting shocked for so long? Yeah. Like, why is it taking them? And, like, why is it continuing to shock them? but like not shocking any of the dead human beings. Yeah. Because like, obviously they're dead, but yeah. then they're, are they not getting shocked at the same time? Um, I mean, I would need to re-watch those shots, which I don't think you could pay me to do at this point. Okay. Uh, but I think <laughs> the, um, I think every, when the Doctor takes his name badge off um, and puts it on the Slitheen, I think everyone in the room is still being shocked. Okay. And one of my notes is, um, this visual effect of everyone being electrocuted is too shit to be on the screen <laughs> for so long. And I know we've spoken, we've said that we're not going to rag on it for its technical limitations. Yeah. Because uh, that's cheap. But I don't know. I just, I'm so surprised that they turned that in and just thought, right. This is the effect, and we are going to hold it for maybe like 20 shots in a row. Yeah. And everyone is being shocked for so long. Yeah. I, I, my rather leading question was I wanted, to, I wanted to know if you felt like it was a cheap get out of everyone being in danger, or suddenly everyone's not in danger. Didn't really think about it at the time, mm. but yeah, it is. But then, it's like not to be vastly overcritical like even for me about doctor who um but then i just kind of at this point i'm just like well yeah of course it's gonna have to be like an everyone get out mm. of jail free card because they just need to move on with the episode so something's gonna have to happen yes yeah uh, i think that is the case it's also a bit of a um doctor who tradition um ouch <laughs> no the um the quick resolution to the cliffhanger oh okay um the classic show um would tell one story over um, six weeks, sometimes eight weeks, sometimes even longer. And to keep people coming back week after week, every episode would end on a cliffhanger. And some of these cliffhangers were so flimsily manufactured that, uh, yeah, 
they would a characters would be in danger at the beginning of the next episode. Click your fingers and uh, don't worry, it wasn't actually that. And then they can get on with the episode. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if the quick resolution to everyone being um, shocked was like a little wink, wink, like hey, look, look, we we did it like the old days. But like, yeah, I wouldn't give it that much credit. No, I would. No, I would. Cause, really? Um, yeah, Russell T Davis uh, is a huge Doctor Who fan. Okay. In fact, every Doctor Who showrunner since the show came back. Um, I don't know if it's just a standard PR line, but I, I believe them, grew up watching the show. So every nod, every homage, every kind of recreation of a classic trope, I think is done very lovingly and very knowingly. Even though the trope is something which is basically shit. Yeah, which yeah is, I think so. That's kind of weird. Yeah, um, like the Doctor Spouting Gobbledygook is again a, a staple uh, and they do it here, but they actually like actually point out that he's just saying nonsense and make it a bit of a bit of a gaff. Um, the, so all of that aside, um, the electrocuting went on for too long. I like that um, the Doctor um, survives it because it's calibrated to kill humans and he's not a human. But um, why does the Doctor shocking the main Slothene shock every Slothene, even ones that are buildings away in the powerless state? I was just watching it. I was just like, well, that bit that's never explained. Yeah. But the like, only thing I could assume is that they're of a hive mind. Yeah. But that's never... They, there's no other reference to that in any of the episodes. So it's just kind of like, oh, okay. I'm, uh, it's a podcast that people can't tell, but I'm grinning like crazy. Because um, I'm this guy. I'm the one that's usually coming up with some nonsense reason for a script flaw and it's just nice to hear you do it yeah but it's weird like you, you think it's you think that it's coming from me like, i'm not trying to save it no I'm, i know like, i'm just like this is the only explanation that they've got but what i'm saying is what i like about this moment <laughs> is you didn't just go because it's shit you're engaging with the subject matter you're engaging with the way they tell their stories but then i can't just keep saying it's shit because otherwise the podcast would be like a minute long like no, doctor man. who okay it's shit the end <laughs> uh, okay it's my own fault for looking this gift horse in the mouse uh, mouse in the mouth no, no, that's the saying. Look, uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouse. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I was freaking out then. Yeah. I'll edit that. <laughs> I won't. The, the part of that that I really like is, at the time when I was watching it, I was thinking, like, how long the people in the suits have to wiggle around looking absolutely fucking ridiculous while they just go, I'll oh, keep wiggling around and looking like a complete fucking idiot whilst we prolong the yeah. visual effects for this shot. Yeah. Um, Whilst, um, uh, so we're still talking about the electrocuting and this is how long it felt like it went on in the episode. Um, whilst that is happening, Mickey snaps a picture um, of <laughs> the electrocuting <laughs> Slovene on his phone. Uh, you let out a little titter, I just wonder if we could. Well, because the, the picture is god awful. <laughs> like, it's, just a, it's just a really fucking funny picture <laughs> that he's got on his phone. And like obviously also by like, uh, the Nokia phone was that amazingly detailed, like high-res picture <laughs> that it took, even though the phone itself is a massive piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually wrote down um, if you took a picture on your phone of something being electrocuted like that and it was that bright, it would yeah, be blown out. Exactly. Uh, but, but apparently, again, like, we need it for the high plot. detail. Yeah. Um, so now that we've got the Slitheen out of their costumes for a lot of this episode, uh, a couple of shots. Um, of the Slitheen are they're fully CG versus people in suits. Uh, did that stick out to you? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, because the, the, there's a middle section when the Doctor and the others are getting chased by the Slovene. Mm. And it's like, the, the only thing I could equate it to at the time when I was watching it was like, it's like a fucking Benny Hill episode. Yeah. But the reason why it's not funny is because it's got some sinister music over the top of it because she has to like, there has to be a prevailing sense of dread, which is absolutely ludicrous mm. because... If you, without that sense of dread, it would be the one of the most farcical things, like fucking like Benny Hill, like running through rooms and yeah. shit like that. And what is really strange is that you've got the bits where they're in the suits and like moving and like wobbling around, and it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. And then two seconds later, they're moving like CGI a thousand miles an hour, like really aggressively. Yeah, and like, really dynamic. Yeah, as and well. it's like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, I don't know what this is trying to do. If it wasn't for the fact that it's implied that it's supposed to be like tense because they might die, mm. it would be one of the most ludicrous things I've ever seen. Uh, and then it cuts from um, these, so these shots of the Doctor, Rose, and Harriet uh, running away from these really dynamic Slovene that look like they could catch them and swipe through them yeah. like, with their claws. And then it cuts to like a few shots later, uh, a few scenes later, the Slitheen back in their human form, kind of cackling and pantomime villaining around yeah. the red phone. Um, th that's the exact phrase that I wrote down, just pantomime villains. And yeah, I completely agree. Like tonally, this one is all over the place Shocker. in a way that I, I've heard you say it with the others and I do understand it and I do agree with you in the others. But this one specifically, I was just like, for the villains, pick a tone and stick with it. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like for me, like, quote, Doctor Who mess tone, but like to the nth degree. Yeah. Like, it's fucking awful. So, um, production-wise, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, these were the first two that I think were filmed and put together. Um, and I think what the, the thought process was, um, the first days of shooting where we're figuring things out, let's have it be an episode a few weeks in, so that when we get to make the pilot, uh, Billy Piper and Christopher Eccleston have got a better understanding of their character and can be a bit more, a bit more solid, Okay, I think. So um, whilst, this one f whilst these two feel really crazy, I wonder if it is just the whole teething problems of getting things started. I don't know. This you, is this is you defending it now, not me. I'm not defend. Yeah, uh, I'm not excusing it. I may be um, giving a reason for it. Okay. But at, at no point do I want you to think that I think this week and last week are good pieces of <laughs> uh, TV storytelling. There are there are good bits. There are good bits that I'd forgotten because when I think of this two-parter, I just think of just the car crash that it is. There are, I, I would say that there are bits that are more bearable. But yeah. yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, before we uh, before we started watching this episode, um, we had breakfast before watching it, and you were just like, are you looking forward to getting back to the farting? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I can't remember if that's in this episode. Maybe that's just in the first part. But now they're out of their suits, they don't have to do the stupid farting gimmick. No, no, no. No. no, no, it's back in there. All over the episode. It wasn't all over the episode. I think it was in there three times. Okay, I wasn't counting. I could remember one evidence of it, but no. that was it. I can't remember the others. Maybe I've just blocked it out like everything else. And I feel like they've dialed up the um, absurdity of the Slovenes. Uh, like the, the, um, the dialogue about like, oh, I feel constricted in this. Well, then be naked. Enjoy your nakedness. And it's just... 
But this just reinforces the point that they're like your point about like the pantomime villain. Yeah. And like, what are we supposed to? Are we supposed to be afraid of them? Because w- like, why would we be afraid of them? Like, w- you're supposed to be afraid of the CGI ones because they're really aggressive. Yeah. But the other ones are just laughing stuff. Absolutely. So it's fucking what? Yeah, because it goes from yeah the um, the CG kind of like pouncing, running, chasing kind of cheetah like, um, to then the rubber suit one in the room being like oh mommy's going to find you oh let me kiss you to death <laughs> I, I mean i'm paraphrasing but i think those were the, let me kiss you better or something i don't know it was and I was, <laughs> i'm just watching it and i'm just like i'm trying to get someone into this show what are you doing <laughs> oh. um, i don't know uh, what are your thoughts on harriet jones mp for flydale north yeah, she's great. She's probably the best thing about, well, yeah. take that, use the word best quite yeah. lightly, but she's one of the better things of, of basically that two-part episode. I can, yeah. But I, then I think it goes back, like, do you the other one that was, like, that wasn't awful, that was written by Mark Thingy, Gaines. yeah, but had the really good character actor in it who oh, played Dickens. Oh, yeah, who Dickens. plays Charles Dickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good. He was like, very lent good. lent a bit of, like, class to the proceedings. Yeah. She's great. Whenever she turns up in anything, I'm like, oh, it's Harriet Jones, MP for Flydale. <laughs> and I love how much they double down on that joke. Yeah. Every time she meets someone. Harriet Jones, Flydale for MP North. Fly, yeah, yeah, I fucked one, up. Yeah. I fucked up her one line. Brilliant. Um, That's why she's an actor and you're not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you don't see me kicking around Downton Abbey. What's ridiculous is, uh, in try- you know when you try and remember someone's name, but a different name comes to mind and it just won't budge? No. When you're trying to think of something, <laughs> sometimes something else will be in your brain and it won't budge. I'll take your word for it. You've never experienced this? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm just trying to be difficult. Contrarian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've got Penelope Clearwater in my head, and that's not her name. That's definitely not her name. No, and actually it's not a real person. I've just realised Penelope, well Penelope Clearwater is uh, Percy Weasley's girlfriend from the Harry Potter books. Okay. I Very think good. that statement says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. A very succinct way of describing without describing. <laughs> good. Hello, it's 2020 Newman. Harriet Jones, MP for Flydale North, is played by Penelope Wilton. Okay, back to the show. Um, we touched on it earlier, but um, the Doctor um, spouting gobbledygook to um, confuse and confund his enemies is a long-standing Doctor Who tradition. Okay. Uh, and I like how it was used in this episode. Um, he's being backed into a corner by the Slovene, and he picks up a uh, bottle of... I mean, what is that? Is that brandy? I don't... Yeah, I and guess. What would be kept in a bottle like that? Brandy. Okay, cool. Uh, points a Sonic at it, and he says that he's uh, triplicated the flammability and basically saying, I've turned it into a bomb. Uh, and then, like, after a few moments... The Slovenians are like, you what? <laughs> That's not a thing. He's like, ah, oh, well, got you for a bit. Yeah. I like that. That's, that, that was entertaining. That was also, I like the, um, the repetition of um, if he's an alien, because um, obviously Harriet Jones doesn't know that the Doctor's an alien, but it comes up in conversation and like quietly to Rose, she's just like, well, if he's an alien, why does, he, why does he sound like he's from the North? And um, Rose repeats the Doctor's line that he had when she asked him that. Do you remember what it is? I mean, it's written right here. Oh, okay. So I remember what she said because we just watched the episode. Yeah. But I didn't, 
I didn't pick up on the fact that he said it previously. I never heard oh. it. But she said uh, there's north of other planets or something. There's norths in other planets or something. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, I think I don't know if it. Beca- I don't know if it's a catchphrase or if it's just that it came up twice. But when I think back to Christopher Eccleston episodes, I remember certain things that he says. And lots of planets have a north. Oh, is, is one of them. Yeah, uh, it makes me smile. Um, we cut to the outside of 10 Downing Street um, in the news reporter talking to the camera plot device that was used last week and that got a bit of a giggle from you. Uh, do you remember why? Um, no, I think I just, uh, I couldn't place whether that guy was like a real news reporter or not. Uh-oh. And then that's what I found funny because yeah. then in my head I was just like, wait, if they actually recruited someone who actually reads news for a living and managed to get them on Doctor Who? I wonder. I, I don't know. I, I can't mean, remember. His face looked familiar, but yeah. he could be look. He could look familiar to me because he's just a character actor that I just haven't sure. picked up on. I wonder. There's a real possibility because yeah. um, last week we had uh, Matt Baker as part of Blue Peter as a little segment, being oh, like, "Look, yeah. we're going to make a crashing crashing spaceship." So if he is part of the BBC, if he is like a TV journalist then maybe. I've never thought about it. I would love it if that's the case because mm-hmm. the show has shown that it, it is. it will do that to try and tie it in. Russell T. Davis, um, I think, is um, good at dialogue. Um, wow. Do you disagree? <laughs> no, some of it's okay. Yeah. No, or, or maybe something you can agree with. Russell T. Davis can be very good at dialogue. Yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, witty okay. dialogue, especially. Um, and when um, after escaping from the Slovene, Jackie Tyler is in uh, Mickey's house and Mickey's making her a cup of tea. Uh, Jackie says, have you got anything a bit stronger? And Mickey's like, I'm not giving you anything stronger. I've seen what you're like, what you've had of you. This ain't time for a conga. Yeah, that wasn't bad. <laughs> that was all right. <laughs> uh, Noel Clark's delivery of that line is just, it's just very good. It's just... It was very funny. Yeah, it's yeah. today. <laughs> it's ain't time for a conga. I'm just going to try and work that into my life now. Okay. I mean, you it's, know, a bit, it's a bit too specific to bring very, up. It's very, isn't it? Yeah. So and you I, just need to know a lot of drunks, that's all. Well, no, not only do I need to know a lot of drunks, I need to know drunks who act a fool when they're drunk. Okay. Um, but the next time that happens, I'm going to dine out on that line. Okay. This ain't time for a conga. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to get the reference. <laughs> No, I was going to get the reference. They're just going to give him a very witty young man. Okay, yeah. That's um, how it's going to work. <laughs> um, back in the cabinet room where the Dr. Harriet Jones and um, Rose have sealed themselves in because... That's how that, the narrative works. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's true. I wonder if Downing Street has a room that is a steel-lined cage in case of attack. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. No. But it, again, it's that, like, this is the solution that we need to progress the episode. Yeah. So, but then, like you said, it might actually be a thing that exists. Yeah. But whether it has a giant red button that snaps everything shut, I'm mm. not too sure. Probably. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but, you know, it's very reminiscent of, um, like, kind of uh, political spy uh, espionage type programs of, like, having, like, a secret military bunker. Yeah. And such. Uh, but when they're in there uh, and they're discussing different ways um, to uh, overthrow the Sladeen, um Rose throws out a couple of different things. Uh, I can't remember what she um, suggested, but we were talking about line delivery and um, not Penelope Clearwater's line delivery of, you're a very violent young woman. 
made me laugh. That was just a, a good actress being good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And maybe it shines even more because it's surrounded with this episode. Yeah, you probably. Know? Like maybe what I'm doing is I'm zeroing in on adequate things, being like, oh, that was so good. Yeah, well, when you're panning for gold and it's basically just like in a sieve full of dirt, then the, the shiny stuff's going to stick out a lot more, isn't it? Yes. In this, uh, in this same scene, um, they're on the phone to uh, Mickey and Jackie. Oh, my God, yeah. Ooh, talk to me. What, like uh, Mickey's hacking adventure? <laughs> Interesting. I don't, I don't have too much of a problem with that yet. <laughs> what? Or just, like, he's got... Uh, you know, how, like, I'll just... Uh, use this password to get into this yeah. highly encrypted government-based thing, yeah. and then by the end of it, he's just like, it's just the usual. Like this isn't necessarily like mm. something to pick up, pick on for Doctor Who. Yeah. Like loads and loads of TV shows do it. Sure. It's not just Doctor, but it's the same shit. It's just like, uh, oh, we we need to do this. Tap tap tap. Return. Yeah. And then just like, oh, you need to send this missile. Okay done click the fire button fire <laughs> and it's launched and then I, just like oh and then this like we need to stifle this code or something and and mickey's just like oh it's already done i'll press like control p or something <laughs> control just, p. yeah i don't know but it's that it's like what? he taps the keyboard sure. like three times and then why something not happens control f why did you go for print i don't know <laughs> control p maybe it's, um, uh, yeah I, maybe that bit wasn't um uh, maybe that bit wasn't as explanatory as it could be, but um, the website or whatever, the system that he's using is the unit system, which is the thing that the doctor said that he's worked for. Um, so it's like a secret agency who's uh, basically higher than a lot of the government and their job is to keep the planet safe from alien incursions and such. Um, so it, I have seen in other programs where it's just like, oh, mystery hacker can get into any system ever by just hammering on a keyboard. Uh, and it's very close to this, but the only removal is um, the established credentials of what unit were has, okay. been, has been mentioned, but maybe not enough because when you're watching it, you're just like, okay, Mickey, the barely computer literate person can organize a missile strike. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, but Suspension the, of disbelief. Yeah. Um, but again, they, they try and help you a little bit by just saying, like, oh, he isn't just, like, Googled missile. <laughs> <laughs> or doctor. Yeah. No, the, um, well, um, the part of this scene um, calling Mickey and Jackie that I liked um, was, again, any moment where the show focuses on the doctor's impact on the companion's life and uh, Jackie asking, uh, again, the doctor, is, is my daughter safe? The plan that you have, um, is it going to endanger my daughter? If so, absolutely not. Uh, and just any time the show kind of de uh, spotlights that, that it isn't just going on a romp with this alien. <laughs> Did the word romp make you laugh? Yeah. Because of the sexual connotations of romp. What? Wow. No, it's just right. a funny word. Oh, okay, right. You thought just being like, <laughs> you said romp. <laughs> Um, well, you did, but not for the reason... It's just literally just the onomatopoeia of that word. It's quite <laughs> funny. Okay. Uh, the other thing I liked about it is... Um, Jackie asks, is my daughter safe? The doctor goes silent. And then the thing that Mickey was working on is suddenly ready. And it's a way to not answer that question. Yeah. Which is a popular narrative device across film and TV. And what I like about this episode is... A couple of beats later, it cuts back to Jackie 
and Jackie says he'll have to answer me one day. Uh, which is nice, because again, like it, the Doctor Who and maybe these two episodes specifically have shown a lack of subtlety in a lot of ways. <laughs> which you agree with? Yeah, yeah, just a touch. Yeah. yeah, so then when it actually pulls this stuff out again, I'm just like, okay. Good. Like, all this stuff, or all these little things that I'm putting out, again, I know you say it's like mining for gold. This, These are the early glimmers of what the show identifies as compelling storytelling and really knuckles down with. Okay. Um, I think that's why I like seeing it. Because I'm like, oh, okay, the early stuff isn't just... You know? Yeah, yeah. There no, are they, little glimpses. Like they, yeah, that's true. Mm. Um, what have I... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, what I've written down is they're really proud of that unmasking effect. <laughs> the head zip with the blue light. Yeah, they've definitely used it more than once. Oh my god, they used it so many times in the last episode and so many times in this one where it just felt a bit like, did you not write enough story? Why have we got one more shot of them unzipping the forehead and it goes on for so fucking long? What if you bought that effect? Yeah. You've it's paid for it now. You I want to get the most mileage out of it that you possibly can. Yeah. I know how to do that. <laughs> Good for you. That light effect. There's a plug-in for Adobe After Effects. Well, you should get this sponsored. Mate, we, if we ever turn this into an actual recorded video podcast, well, we, that's can a, both, that's a leap. we can both unmask into Slovene. No, we're definitely not doing that. Yeah, you can get that plug-in for free these days. Great. Good for it. Good for the, good for the effect. Fair. Yeah. Um, the narrows it down scene. Um, I, I like and dislike. So there's like a timer going, I can't remember what it is. And the doctor's like, well, what do we know? And then each character at what, like, takes a turn shouting, uh, they're green. Um, they hunt in a pack. They do this. And each time the doctor's like, right, now is it down? Now is it down? Now is it down? And then to finally kind of figure out where they're from. Yeah. I like that. I, I was fine. I yeah. think the only thing I took away from it was, was like maybe the doctor didn't have to be so smug about saying now is it down, but that's just more, you know. The way Eccleston plays it. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, uh, I think what I like about that is, yeah, say a 900 year old alien has been around the universe a lot, he would have a lot in his brain. And just because he's not Wikipedia, in other in other episodes, he does just spout things off because it might be like at, on the tip of his tongue. But it's nice when it's buried there. And he's just like, oh, I need to kind of mine for it, like that. Um, so, um, do you remember the um, when it's finally told to us what the Slovenes' plan, main plan was? So, as a as a narrative idea, yeah, I th the idea itself on paper, just in terms terms of like the like the obstacle, like the thing that they've come up with where the tension and the drama is, like of the reasons why everything is happening. Yeah. As an idea, it's really good. That's what I wrote down. As Re like, as an idea, yeah. it's really good. That's what I wrote the down. Ex the ex execution of it is dog shit. Absolutely. But like, the idea about the idea of uh, nuking a country so you can sell it off as basically just fuel for everybody else who has spaceships, it's pretty, it's a good idea. I genuinely thought it was the same thing. Where, and I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten what the Slovene were up to and why they were doing it. Yeah. So when we were finally told, uh, and they, they're nuking the planet, you misspoke. Um, um, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, 
yeah, so they want to get the uh, launch codes from the UN saying we're going to blast this alien threat that they've made up. But actually, when they get the blasts, the nuclear codes, they will just start World War Three, end the planet in a nuclear war and sell off the radioactive rock of the destroyed Earth as fuel for other alien Caesar spaceships. And you're absolutely right. When she said it, I was just like, mate. That's really good. Yeah, you could you could make a much better TV show or movie out of that exactly. premise. Exactly. How dare such a good <laughs> How dare such a good idea be wasted on <laughs> such a piece of shit as these two episodes. Yeah. And I was a little bit angry. I was just, just like, think you've got that good idea yeah. kind of married alongside some uh, incredibly hilarious fart gags. My goodness. For at least an hour and a half's worth of entertainment. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and again, I well, wonder, marriage. Yeah, I wonder if like the first thing Russell T came up with was that master plan. Okay. And then it's just like, oh, well, how do I entertainingly tell? Ugh, ugh. Can you imagine if he came up with the fart gags first and then Delightful. came up with the idea? After? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> we need to get the kids involved because it's Saturday <laughs> afternoon and the kids will be watching. What do kids find funny? Fart jokes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I'm too angry at the fart jokes. I think a lot of people hate them. Okay. Angry enough. I hate them so much. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Sardines plan I think was 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 really good. Was 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 really good and just uh, wasted as being part of these two episodes. Oh. We're getting towards the the end of the episodes, um, and when when the Doctor has a plan to survive the Sardines attack, uh, he says um, something along the lines of, "I have a plan, but I can't guarantee Rose will be safe." And Jackie on the phone is like, well, then absolutely not. Um, and then they kind of question him on how he can be, um, you know, so kind of calm in this. And he's just like, well, this is my life. Standing up and making a decision and such. Uh, again, it's like these moments where the doctor uh, just kind of reminds us that, look, you guys can like use your heads and start, um, run around and squabble and such. But this isn't that big a deal to me in isolation because this is what I do but it's when he's reminded of the human impact his decisions have um, but then that's undercut for me moments later when Harriet Jones pulls out the I'm the only elected official here it's my responsibility I say do it great nice like nice defining empowering character moment for Harriet she didn't ask what the plan was she was like, do it. Just ask what it is first and then say or don't. Well, I never would have picked up on that. Okay. Like, I, I, the only thing I, I would agree with a bit where it's like, it's, it was quite nice for her kind of like normally um, submissive character to assert, like, assert her obvious like capabilities yes. and just be like, no, actually, I'm the last one who's elected. Like, uh, this is my decision because I'm speaking on behalf of all like all people in the UK and in the world because yeah. she, her character's uh, sketched to be very considerate of all other people from, from like minute one. Yes. So that was quite, but I never picked up on the bit where it was just like, oh, ask what the plan is first. I think at this point, I'm just kind of like any kind of questioning I do, I just let it slide. Yeah. Um, and a really good point, actually. Um, you're right, um, Harriet, especially at the beginning of this story is... Uh, in an empathetic, empathetic way, making tea for people who've just been kind of shouted at and backing down when people are saying, not now, you silly woman, 
Yeah. And, yeah. and then her whole reason is just like, oh, I want to help my relative or something is yeah. like in, we need to sort out this hospital stuff. Yeah. So, blah, you know. Yeah, you're that's right. Her, that's her, like, that's her motivation as a character. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and obviously the doctor tells us she's going to go on to do amazing things. So it's nice because... Um, and he only tells us that she's going to go on to do amazing things after she's had that moment. Yeah. And it's nice because it's not like, hey, she's going to be great because of this. Before, he's like, why do I know her? Well, it's because he couldn't remember, apparently. Yes. So it's like, oh, why have I heard that name before? Yeah, and she goes on to become the Prime Minister and is uh, re-elected for three successive years. Excellent. Harry uh, Jones. <laughs> um, Again, just tiny little bits of throwaway dialogue that make me laugh. Um, Jackie is saying, we're going to go visit your nan to Rose, being like, you need to learn a little bit of French. I told her you've been in France. It's just little things that Jackie is saying as she's walking out of the room, you know, as the audio is kind of going down on her dialogue. Just kind of pay attention to these like throwaway bits of little bits of dialogue that Russell Keith does. It's good. He, he, gets like a, he gets a cheeky laugh at uh, little bits. Uh, I wrote it down, uh, okay. the French line, uh, I wrote it down. I have a real issue with her character. Not the act, I think the actress who plays Jackie is doing everything that she can mm -hmm. and she's working with the material that she's got and she's doing very well. Mm -hmm. But uh, the way that that character is written, like to me, like I get that she has to be the naggy mother, yeah. but that side is ramped up quite a lot for me anyway. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the time in that episode when I was watching it, I was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like I get that she has to be that kind of, there has to be a reason for, she's a very important character because otherwise there's no reason for Rose to have any kind of like emotional investment at, in, in home, quote mm -hmm. unquote, and not going away. Yeah. But it honestly feels like all she ever does is fucking nag and it's really annoying. Sure. Like I get that's the whole point. She, her character is supposed to nag because she loves her so much. Yeah. But nagging is still nagging. Yeah. And so a lot of the time she's on TV is just like, oh, for fuck's sake. They give her a couple of uh, capable moments to maybe counteract that. So Jackie is the one who um, bests a Slovene by getting all the vinegar solution and exploding one of them. Kind of skipped over that part when we're recapping the episode. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Dialogue-wise, it is very one note. Yeah. Uh, it's basically her constantly reminding us as an audience that whilst it seems super adventurous to run off with the doctor, uh, is it safe? Are you doing the right thing? Have you thought about this? Yeah, interspersed with like, I really love you. Also, I'm a council estate mum. Yeah. And then suddenly just like, but you can't leave. You can't leave me. This is an emotional beat. Mm. And just like, oh, do you want shepherd's pee? Uh, shepherd's pee? Well, nice. shepherd's pie for tea. And yeah. this is like, you know, just like, again, it's fucking all over the place. Mm. And then they really hammer home on the nagging bit. So. I wonder, <laughs> she's never going to listen to this. It's fine. I have a Here mother who is... Wow. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> My mother can be a Here bit... Here we go. <laughs> Fucking hell. She's quite naggy, but also <laughs> a very loving mother. Get that in too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think I didn't see the way Jackie um, compass needle spins between naggy, loving, and be careful didn't strike me as odd because that's exactly what my mother is. But yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, Jackie, um, the way she's written didn't, didn't strike me as odd, but it struck me as very relatable. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, I, 
I think that is something that is personal to me for yeah. whatever reason, but I find her character like incredibly fucking annoying. You know what I've just realised? Uh, I grew up on a council estate as well. I wonder, you know, Jackie's a council estate mum, so was mine. Probably a coincidence, but yeah, uh, I like Jackie. Uh, and um, I've said before that I think this show, um, throughout the show, Camille Kaduri learned how to act. That was mean. There are, <laughs> that was mean. Uh, there are moments where she, her, uh, yeah, her presence on screen is a really capable one, and every time she's being really kind of pleading with just, just stay, please just stay, feels very motherly. Yeah, when it's uh, when the script's reeled in a little bit, yeah. and not basically like swinging for the fences, mm. then it's more, you know, I guess because it's more believable, mm. and so it's more just like, I don't know, it just rings true more. Whereas yeah. like, I don't know some other bits where she's just just flat out like um just the nag drone up to like 11 it's sure. just yeah no dumb um another um christopher eccleston ninth doctor trope that i had forgotten about or didn't notice in my initial viewing uh, his love of uh, puns and wordplay um when rose says to the doctor um my mum's cooking he responds very quickly, great, put her on a slow heat and let her simmer. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> I just thought that was, thought that was really funny. Yeah, it's I not bad. I completely forgotten that. Again, Rusty Davis, tiny little bits of dialogue, really makes me chuckle. Um, at the end of the episode, um, Rose has chosen to go with the Doctor, uh, has packed a bag this time. She even says, last time I came with you on a whim, but this time... Like, you're stuck with me and planning to go and such. Um, really dumb thing to pull out, but uh, the staging uh, of that scene, um, Mickey talks to the Doctor just before Rose gets there. The Doctor stood by the TARDIS, we're outside, and Mickey has sat on a bin. He sat on a public bin. Okay. In your life, have you ever seen someone sit on a bin? Yeah, Mickey just then. Yeah, very good, but in the real world. It's so gross. Why would anyone sit on a public bin? Well, I don't know. Because he's, you know, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it was, I'm I, sure it's happened in real life at some point. People oh. have sat on bins. I just saw it. I just went, ugh. <laughs> ugh, he sat on a bin. Ugh, that's so gross. It's such a weird thing to pick out. <laughs> oh, okay. Considering all the other... <laughs> Uh, stuff which is adjacent to rubbish that sure. we've just seen. Well, is rubbish. Very good. Thank you. Very good. It's just gross. Don't sit on a bin. Okay. Mickey, please, don't sit on a bin. Just, yeah, give some, give some life advice to the two people that are listening. Good. There you go. Yeah. Don't sit on bins. Um, the doctor asks Mickey to come with. That's as you. Um, I guess in retrospect, yes. But then... Uh, as a character, we are supposed to believe that he's earned his stripes now because mm. he saved them. So, mm. in that respect, like it's in, you could see it as the doctor, like the doctor feels like he owes Mickey more respect and more time now as a result. I mean, yeah. it doesn't really give him that much, but then I think it's kind of implied that he the doctor respects him more now yeah. because he sees that he's not completely useful, useless. Sorry, useless. Um, but then like the and then it's it's moved, it's changed like their quote-unquote dynamic has changed now because obviously it's that uh, they've become more friendly because it's, you understand that the the dynamic between them has changed and yet the Doctor still calls him like useless or idiot Mickey or whatever because yeah. that's just joshing now because they're mates. 
I just go, more bants and more honestly, him being insulting. Honestly, I don't. I, I, that's not how I read that. Okay. Because the doctor is, um, he almost never misses a beat to antagonise Mickey, uh, run him down, make him look stupid. Yeah, but previously it was because he actually didn't like him, but yeah. now it's just because he's more just like mocking him gently, and that's mm. an indication of just like uh, an under underlying kind of like building of respect. No. Sure. Maybe. Maybe it's nice. It's nice that. That's how that reads. I think maybe, uh, unfortunately here, I'm remembering other things that happen. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think I, I still read it as, um, I'm so used to the Doctor running Mickey down that I'd forgotten that the Doctor ever offers Mickey to come with. I was like, oh, right. That's well, that's nice. like, just like Jackie's like predominant note is naggy mother. Yeah. Like Mickey's predominant note is scapegoat and the person who basically just like begrudgingly puts up with everything. Like that's that's a big section of his character. Set so upon. Yeah. Yeah. He's the person who's just like, oh Mickey will deal with it. That yeah. kind of thing. He'll be the kind of person who uh I not that this happens because I'm seeing the other episodes, but he would in terms of like T V tropes and the way that T V has been in the past, like in historically He's probably going to be like the best friend character for the like for the rest of time, where like Rose goes off and does all this thing, and then they every now and again she comes back and he like talks about how much he loves her, and she's like, oh, I love you too, and nothing ever happens, and he's just there to repeatedly get shat on, like, that kind of like TV character. Um, just trying to think what I thought of Mickey at this point when I first watched it. I don't remember, but yeah, all of that, all of that rings true. I know, I know exactly why you're calling it. I'm not going to say whether or not you've called it right. Like any other person would actually like think twice about going, but Mickey's just like, no, I've got to stay here because mm. that's his character. Yeah, so, but also uh, I can't remember the dialogue, but Mickey almost says he's afraid to come with. Yeah, mm. but then like I don't know. Yeah, but, again, but then in, the, in the moments of crisis, he seems to handle himself quite well. So, yeah. I don't know. so maybe he needs like another opportunity. But uh, I like uh, how it's played. Again, uh, I'd forgotten these moments of camaraderie between uh, Mickey and the Doctor because I feel like they're they're pretty sparse. Yeah, um, that's a shame. So the Mickey saying, the Doctor saying, "Hey, come along," and Mickey almost being like, "Nah, I don't fancy it. That that sounds dangerous and horrible." And then when Rose comes enters the scene a bit later, and she's like, "Hey, come with," uh, and Mickey kind of panically shoots uh, the Doctor a look, and the Doctor kind of comes to the rescue, and the Doctor says, "No, he's not allowed. My rules, my way of the highway. He's not coming." to save Mickey's face so that he doesn't have to say to Rose, no, I don't want to come because I'm scared. Isn't he kind, the yeah. doctor? Yeah, well, he does, well, yeah, I know you're being... Uh, Facetious. Uh, yeah, about it, but actually, he is in that moment. Yeah, I suppose and so. Especially for the ninth doctor and ninth doctor towards Mickey, he's not always kind. Is there, like, a greater... Uh, like, are we overlooking a, uh, a missing link between Mickey and Bins? Maybe that's something, because he's sat on the bin... And then early on in one of them, he's eaten by a bin. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's... No idea. But in our, in our watch from <laughs> now on, I'm literally going to look at Mickey in relation to bins. Can you imagine that if that was like a secret Easter egg? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it like every, like the, the director's just dropped him in, like there's always a bin in the <laughs> shot that he's in. Or he's like looking in a bin or like... <laughs> <laughs> peeking from around the corner. Um, but, last week, I think you said something about like, oh, or the week before, you said something uh, like, oh, and look, it's just been resolved by them blowing everything up. Yeah. And I think I went, oh no, because I remembered the end of this and the way they end it is just by blowing everything up. But this up. is really, like, that ties into something. So, um, 
you and I both really highly rate a TV show called Bates Motel, yeah. which is really, really good. Yeah. And like, not to give any spoilers away, but a lot of season arcs basically get resolved by one particular character doing something yes. one, in a particular way. And like, I know that's very vague, but yep. I don't really want to give away spoilers. But it, is, it has that kind of feel, yep. like you click your fingers and oh, suddenly all of this is resolved. Yeah. And it is, and the way that they do in Bates Motel is quite, cheap yeah. it's probably one of the only few well, very rare criticisms you can make about that yeah. fucking incredible TV show so good. Um, but criticise uh, giving criticism where criticism needs to be like they do that in that show too but the difference yeah. being is that the rest of it is so good yeah. that you just let it go yes Joseph we that's that's five you promised me five episodes I said that I think I can get you into this show with five episodes yep Granted, when I said that, I'd forgotten that this two-parter takes up two slots yeah. of the five. Yeah, so you tried to count this as one episode. I did, I did. But you're absolutely right. As a viewer, when it was aired, there was a week's wait between these. Yada, yada, yada. Um, will you continue watching? Right, we're going to end the episode there. Uh, you're going to have to tune in next week to hear JT's answer. In the meantime, follow us at CommenceHooing on Twitter or send an email to commencedoctorhooing at gmail.com to get in touch. Neither of those include a hyphen. See you next week.